0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks. is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to twenty-five times your money. Go to PricePicks.com/lockedonnba and use the code Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars.
2: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: What happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves with Rudy Gobert's punch with Jaden McDaniel's punch? We'll talk about that and more today. Welcome to the Lockdown NBA Playoff Preview. I'm Nick Engstead of Lockdown NBA. I'm joined by Ben Beacon of Lockdown Wolves. Give you everything you need to know about the Minnesota Timberwolves going into the postseason. Um, Ben, I usually ask people in these, what's the biggest on-court story for your team this season? But we gotta talk about this. Have we seen anything leading up to now that would have provoked Rudy Gobert or that have given us any clues that Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson or Rudy Gobert and other players on the team were going to come to blows like they did in this last game here.
2: No, and you, you would think so, right? You think that there'd be some sort of backstory, some sort of lead lead up because it wasn't, it was coming to blows on the sideline. Then later at halftime, after Gobert was already in the locker room, apparently it was re escalated, And then eventually Rudy Gobert was sent home. Like there's no real history that, that, that we're really aware of between those two. Obviously they have been on the team together all season. They're both veterans in the league. have been around each other in the past and, and um, yeah, no, I mean like it, it just, and and all the comments after the game, at least from, of course, Gobert was sent home. So, you know, he tweeted and he texted the team, but he wasn't, uh, you know, didn't give a a interview or anything, but from Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley and everybody kind of said the same, the right thing, right? Like, Hey, we're men, we're adults. We're going to move past this. Um, Rudy's already apologized that whole thing. So, uh yeah, I mean they're saying the right things. We'll see. Um, but it was kind of out of left field. Like it's not like you know there was a whole lot brewing. Like I mean there was some earlier this season. Like D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert maybe aren't didn't get along great. Like there's some of that, but nothing specific to Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert that that I'm aware of.
0: Outside of of that kind of drama, or well, I yeah. guess we'll, we'll continue with that drama. Do you think that drama carries over into the the season? If we, we didn't didn't see anything. To do with that all season, and then now we have this this uh, this altercation, I guess, to deal with going into a postseason.
2: Yeah. I mean, like as of this moment, w- when we're talking we don't know whether or not Rudy Gobert is playing Tuesday, the The team was noncommittal about that and and they leave for Los Angeles Monday. So my guess is they'll, you know, like I said, Rudy had apologized in a team group text and he tweeted an apology to the fans, the organization, his teammates. So I'm sure that Tim Connolly and and Dell Demps in the front office is going to meet with Rudy on Monday and have a discussion about, does he fly with us to LA? How do we handle this? You know, I, like, I think that's the answer to the question is, is Does he come with to L.A.? Does he not like what's the quickest way to kind of nip this in the bud um, as much as possible? And I think by sending him home during the game, which is not unprecedented, but it's not something you see very often, certainly not with a star player uh, in a like the most important regular season game of this, you know, in years (laughs) for the organization, like that's already a statement. So, you know, if he says all the right things, I could see him being back Tuesday to play the Lakers in obviously another huge game. Um, and clearly it fueled the team in a good way on Sunday when they won to get the eight seed in the West and, and, you know, avoid the nine. Um, so hopefully they can channel that whether or not Rudy's on the floor Tuesday.
0: All right, we can push this aside for a second. <laughs> What's the biggest on-court story for the Wolves besides th- this altercation? Like before this, what was your what would your answer have been?
2: Yeah, before before this, I would have still said Rudy Gobert meshing and coexisting with Carl anthony Towns. I mean, that was the biggest story coming into the season was the acquisition cost of Rudy Gobert and, and how would they, you know, X's and O's wise, how would Rudy and Cat fit? We only saw 20 or so I think it was 21 games before Cat got hurt. Cat misses 52 games. Um, and now Rudy and, and towns have played, you know, a handful of games together and, and with mostly good results, there's a bad losing streak in there, but for the most part, they've played well together. Um, so I think it's still the meshing and coexisting of, of Rudy cat and Anthony Edwards. And then how does the ball get shared between those three, D'Angelo Russell traded at the deadline. There's one less mouth defeat in that regard. Um, but I would say it's still kind of like figuring out who gets, you know, who's, who's absorbing the most possessions who's generating the most offense who's getting the most chances between those three cat Ant, and rudy and then the the you know the the b to that would be would have been Jaden mcdaniel stepping up that's the other story from sunday he now has a fractured hand according to adrian washerowski vspn and very likely will not play in the playoffs um so but that was kind of the other thing is he's like the fourth wheel and he's growing a little bit offensively and now you know that question we'll talk about it here in a minute i think i think uh we look at that a little differently headed into the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that playoff rotation. Now, what is the playoff rotation? And is there anyone on the bubble now that we think Jaden McDaniels is not going to be part of it now? What does that rotation look like now?
2: Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a lot more Torian Prince. Uh, We're going to see a lot more Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, And those are guys who already were in the rotation, but like Prince played 35 minutes on Sunday, mostly because of McDaniels being out. Um, Kyle Anderson played 37 minutes, mostly because of Rudy Gobert being out. Um, so we're going to see a lot more of all three of those guys, Prince, uh, Kyle Anderson, Nikhil, Alexander Walker. They were all already in the rotation. I think it's just, they play more minutes and to make matters more difficult. Nas Reed is out with a fractured wrist, at least for, you know, certainly through the first round, if they make it past that, perhaps he's available, you know, four, or six weeks down the road. Um, so to me, the question is, is there anybody else that cracks that regular rotation? Um, Jalen Noel has been in and out of the lineup with an injury. If he's healthy, he may play a little bit. Austin Rivers has been out of the rotation for a while. Does he crack it? If you need some more size with, with McDaniels out and a defender, could a rookie like second-round pick Josh Minot crack the rotation? I, I'd be surprised, but he's also played some kind of token, not token, situational minutes here and there at the end of quarters for defensive you know, purposes. So could we see a little bit of that, somebody who's not really been in the rotation consistently crack it? I think it really just means more Torian Prince. More Kyle Anderson, more to kill Alexander Walker, and it's just that much more important that those guys all play really well.
0: What are the biggest strengths and weaknesses of this uh, this Wolves team as currently constructed, <laughs> which seems to now be like shambles right now? But how do they yeah. win games, and how have they lost games?
2: Their biggest issues this season have been defensive rebounding. It's improved a little of late, um, a little bit actually post trade deadline uh, transition. Offense and defense. Surprisingly, you'd think this would be a really good transition team, and they do play at a fast pace. But they're sloppy in transition. That's been an issue. uh But transition defense has been abysmal pretty much all season. And then offensive flow, which I already mentioned as as uh you know something that that is a huge story, has been all season. This is a team that was a a, a top ten offensive team last year and kind of middle of the pack defense. They've been a top ten defense for much of this year and really bottom ten offensively. As, as crazy as that is, and a lot of that's because Carlton Towns was out for so long, but. Um, like for instance, if they get past the Lakers, which is a pretty big if on the road, but like, then they're the seven seed Memphis is the matchup defensive rebounding is a big problem against the Memphis Grizzlies. They're a great offensive rebounding team. Um, that's a concern. It was a problem last year in the, in the two, seven playoff series, wolves, Grizzlies. So defensive rebounding is probably number one, but also how are they guarding in transition? What does that offensive flow look like? How does the cat Rudy ant dynamic play? Um, is it more than just taking turns? Uh, those are those are probably the three biggest things I'd be looking at.
0: From all the injuries and everything, give us a refresher for people that may not seen this team. How much have we actually seen this team together? Like the three of Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Gobert. But then also now bringing in Mike Conley instead of D'Angelo Russell. Like, yeah. How much have we actually seen those guys on the court?
2: Uh, it's about... It's less than 10 games that we've seen Conley and Towns together, certainly. Uh, Towns and Rudy together have played, let's see, I mean, total this season, Carlton Towns played in 29 games. I think Rudy might have missed one or two in there. So, you know, 25-ish games, we've seen Towns and Gobert on the floor together. Add Conley in there, and you're basically talking about the last two and a half weeks since Towns came back from injury. And like I said a minute ago, like, in general, they've been pretty good lately. They had a bad losing streak in there, but they won shortly after Towns came back. They won four straight lost three, and then have won three straight to close the regular season. So like they have a winning record with that group together on the floor. Uh, and and Conley is kind of the perfect you know, meshes perfectly with this team because he still can score when he needs to. He's already scored a lot more in Minnesota than he did with the jazz this season. Um, it looks a lot more like Conley from two years ago with Utah that made the all-star team than, than the Conley of the last year and a half in Utah. Um, but he doesn't feel like he has to score. He picks his spots. He's a Really good catch-and-shoot player, uh, catch-and-shoot shooter from the perimeter, and he's solid defensively still. So, um, yeah, I mean, this team, I, I do think the pieces mesh really well, and I actually think Towns and Gobert have played well together. It's it's actually been more about how does Ant find his role with Towns and Gobert? How does he fit in It has been the bigger concern versus the Gobert-Towns playing together because I think Towns and Gobert actually have a pretty good chemistry together.
0: What are your expectations for this team? Let's go fan level team, what do the team expect themselves to do? And then what do you expect from them going into the play-in and then possibly the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I thought this team would be a you know best-case four seed. I thought worst case was six seed. I didn't think there's any way this team would be in the play-in again. I mean, you're talking, we well, you don't need to rehash the whole thing. But Rudy's always been on really good teams with really good defenses. This team was a 46-win team last year. There's no way they were going to get worse. Well, they're four games worse. Um, I would expect, like... I think the the fan expectation coming into the season was winning around in the playoffs. I think now it's getting through the play-in and pushing, you know, that that first round series to six or seven games. And they pushed Memphis last year to six games. So it wouldn't really be a step up, but given the end to the regular season and certainly what happened on Sunday with McDaniels and Gobert, I think that would be realistic. I think the team expects something similar and and frankly, so do I. I, I think they'll beat the Lakers Tuesday. I think the Wolves are still a better team, even without Jaden McDaniels. Um, and I think that they'll give Memphis a run for their money, perhaps pushing it to seven games. It would, especially without McDaniels, if McDaniels is on the floor and things have played out differently Sunday, I, I might be able to make a case for a Wolves upset in the first round. It becomes more difficult now. So I think it's really a similar result to last year. And then we can all do the man, you know, however many first round picks, and and you know, Walker Kessler and Vanderbilt and, Be- and Beasley and the whole thing later, and you're in the same spot you were at the end of last year. We'll, we'll have all offseason to play that game, but I think at this point, that's probably the most the most likely place that they end up.
0: Haven't had the team together. I mean, not to make ex- not to make excuses yeah. from them, but we we talked about it earlier. You just haven't had the team together. Uh, yeah. The FanDuel spread right now is uh, Minnesota plus seven against the Lakers right now. Oh, wow. uh, Lakers do usually get a little bit of a bump there because there's a ton of money that comes in for the Lakers. Yep. Um, but that's the that's the, the spread on FanDuel. You mentioned the things they have to do in order for them to to get the win. Go listen to Lockdown Wolves for all your talk on uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a lot to talk about between now and a play-in game and then maybe if they win that game or a, a second play-in game. So go check out Lockdown Wolves with Ben Beacon five days a week on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.